This message is provided by Bridgeway Community Church. Thanks for tuning in. All right, well, good morning and welcome, Bridgeway, and happy Memorial Day as well. Thank you, Becca, for sharing this morning the few things that we got going on, things coming up that we're excited about. Uh, so, Pastor Ron, this past month, maybe a little bit longer, he's been leading us through a series called Vision 2022, where we are looking ahead to the next 10 years and thinking how we are going to make an impact, what we are going to do next. And we've come up with five initiatives that we're doing. And so Ron's been preaching through those initiatives. And you'll want to come back next week. Next week we'll be at our regular times, 9 a.m. and 10.45, right here. Um, you'll want to come back next week because he's going to be ending that service, finishing up that service as he talks about life together. And I'm just, I honestly am just excited. I'm excited for us as a church to see what God's going to do over these next, these next 10 years, what the Holy Spirit is going to do through, through all of us. Um, so please come back, enjoy that, and let's, let's uh, get excited about life together. Today, though, we are going to be in Ephesians, Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. So go ahead and grab your Bible, open your device, your favorite Bible app, Ephesians 3. We'll have it up on the screen so you can see that as well. But if you want to follow along, grab those things. As you do and as you turn, let me just give you a little background on Ephesians. So Ephesians is a book that was written in the New Testament. This is a letter, one of many letters that Paul, a follower of Jesus, has written. And he's writing it to the church in Ephesus. Now this church is like saying the church in Rockford. But it's the church in Ephesus and he was their founding father. So he's in prison at the time, and he's writing to them kind of like he's writing to his little kids. And he's saying, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. And that's kind of the backdrop for um, just a little bit of history of what is going on in Ephesians. So without further ado, why don't we just jump right into the verses today. Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the, to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now this is obviously a prayer, but my first thought when I'm thinking about this is, how often do we pray like this? How often do I pray like this? Like I, I imagine, it says right at the beginning there, he's kneeling down. So he's like down on his knees like this, right? Like he's begging God and praying like, God, they just, they need to know you. They need to know your love. They need to be rooted in your love. God, they just, they need to know this surpassing, that something that is so surpassing that they, they just, they need to be embraced and pulled into, like, how often do we do that? No, more often I end up, I'm praying something more like this. I pray for Susie's foot, that it would be better. And don't get me wrong, I do want Susie's foot to be better, right? And I'm not saying we need to be eloquent like this. I'm just saying that I want to have passion. I want to be kneeling before the Father, praying for people's hearts like this. 
I couldn't, I couldn't help but just to, to go here first. This is a prayer, and I wanted to draw us to that. And none of this, none of this, I think, can happen unless God is moving. Hearts don't change unless he does. And it starts with me kneeling before him and begging him for it to happen. All right, so we're going we're gonna to focus today, though, on verse, in verse 17, where he says, I pray that you being rooted and established, rooted and established, and my mind automatically goes to roots and trees, and so we're just going to run with that idea, okay? We're going to run with trees today. Um, so when we think about these trees and these roots, I think about what roots do. Like they grow down into the earth, right? And I'm going to get a little elementary here, but just stay with me. Uh, they grow down into the ground, and they're looking for something. They're looking for water. They're looking for nutrients to be able to help grow the tree big. And if they find it, the tree does that, right? Like each year it gets bigger and bigger and grows stronger and stronger. But if it doesn't, like have you ever seen trees on the lakeshore, like Lake Michigan, you go out there, you see the trees that are in the sand, they're normally laying down because they didn't grow in the right soil. Like the, the waves come by and, and they knock the trees down or the wind comes and it's just not strong soil, so they don't last. And that's the thing, like they're... Their trees are, are looking for the nutrients, but they're also they're grabbing into the earth, going around the rocks to cement themselves down, to fix themselves, to glue themselves, so they're grounded in that place. The other thing, so if they do find this, if they do find the good soil, if they do find the water, they're growing bigger, they're growing stronger, they're producing fruit, right? Like apples. Anybody getting excited for some fruit season in Michigan? We got cherries coming up when, June? I hope that's sooner because I love cherries. But I get excited when I think about this because when the trees grow, they get the, the, the soil that they need, they produce fruit. If they don't, there's no fruit. It's no good. So these trees, they need to be grounded in good soil, something that's life-giving. And I think we need to be the same. We need to be rooted in something that is life-giving. If we go to these verses, right at the end of verse 17, it says that again. It says, you should be rooted and established in love. In love. So let's talk about love a minute. What is it? What is love? If you go on to verse 19, it says, to know this love that surpasses knowledge. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Now, if you're me, like I read that the first time and I was like, yeah, yeah, nice. Then I read it again, like to know something that you can't know. Is that what, we're, is that what I just read? Like to know something you can't know? That seems like a paradox, right? And I did a little bit more research, did a little bit more thinking, talked to or read about some other guys that are way smarter than me, other gals that are way smarter than me. And what I was thinking about and what I found out is that it's talking about two different kinds of know. The first kind of no is something like, I know this because I've experienced, I've tasted it, I've tried it so I know it. And then there's the other kind of no that's talking about this surpassing knowledge. It's this head knowledge, it's all kinds of knowledge, this full knowledge of it. So in this part he's saying you can know it kind of like, any donut fans in the room? Anybody like donuts here? Come on, come on people, thank you, thank you. Okay, now I know... Actually, let me ask you this. What's your favorite donut? You can turn to the person next to you and tell them what's your favorite donut. If you hate donuts, you can say, I do not like donuts. They are the worst thing in the world. 
All right. Oh, we got some apple fritters in the house. I like it. All right, so I've come to know that the best donut is a cream-filled long john. Okay, it's, that's the best donut. You're looking at it right here, right? I don't, I don't want any custard in it. Keep your pudding for something else, okay? I don't want that. Okay, and it's from Wesco. If you have not had the Wesco donut, I know I'm not getting paid by Wesco, but that's my personal preference. I love them. It's a guilty pleasure, I know. But don't get me wrong, I'll eat a, I'll eat a cream-filled Long John from anywhere. I'm not, okay? I love donuts. Anyways, I know that these are good. I, I love them. But I don't know everything. I don't have a surpassing knowledge about donuts. I don't know when they get to Wesco, except that I know that there's some, sometime in the morning. I wish I knew the exact time because I'd probably be there. Um, I don't know how they make them. I don't know the ingredients. I don't know. There's just so much more about it. And it's the same thing with the surpassing knowledge of love. We know this love because we've, um, because we've tasted it. <clears throat> And this is the love of God. The other thing that I know about the love of God is, this is crazy. It's because when you say the love of God, it seems like it's just like, hey, he's just a little aspect of this love. But actually God is love. So when you, th- when you talk about what is love, you can't not talk about God. Because God is love. He is the very definition of love. So I challenge you, maybe even while I'm talking here, if you can multitask. I don't, I don't know if you're, uh, maybe you can do better than I can. I probably couldn't do it. But anyways, if you could look back at these verses, and every time that it says love, if you replace the word for God, it'd be interesting because as you read through it, it, it changes your perspective about love and about God. So next time you do, next time you read it, try that. In verse 18, we learn something else about love. So verse 18 says, May have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and deep is the love of Christ. This could be a full sermon in and of itself just talking about these directions. So I'm just going to do a little bit, right? So if I go wide, when I think of wide love, for me what I first think of is I think of like a grandpa, right? And this grandpa is, is ready to give you a big grandpa hug. And my question is, how many, how many kids, how many grandkids can a grandpa hug? Anybody know? Yeah, how many? Five, exactly, right? 5,000, thank you. That's the exact correct number. As many as there are there, the grandpa will hug them all. Like that's, that's, the, that's the wide love of God, of Jesus. How long does God love for? Is it like... Till I am 25 years old, 26, right, like it's forever, I heard it out there, you guys are doing great for me, it's forever, it's an infinite kind of love, and how high does God's love reach, does it stop at like the third story, does it stop at like when I become the manager position, like that kind of high, does it stop when I reach a certain social economic status, I'm making enough money, like does it stop there, no it doesn't. It keeps on going. What about deep? When I think about deep love, I think about this, about God, because it's not a surfacey love that, like, I take one little glass of water of his love, and now it's all gone. It keeps going. This is a deep, unending love, a well of love that cannot run out. And right at the end of that verse, it says, 
So I grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. I was expecting it to say God, but it said Christ, which automatically draws me back about an image of Christ's love. So to do this, the best way that I know how is we probably should go back to the Bible. And let's go to Romans 5, 8. I'll have it on the screen for you, but you can also flip to it if you prefer. It says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want to slow down because every time I read this verse, every time I say this verse, I need to get the gravity of this verse. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we're still sinners, that's key. While we're still sinners, Christ died for us. This is insane. Like, the love here is, is just crazy. He died for you before you were even on this earth, before you could even do anything right or earn your weights for, to, for him to love you, before, he could do, before you could do anything, he died for you. He did it. So we can know of this because we've tasted it. We've all already tasted of this because it's already done for you. We can have tasted of this love. Now, why does God love us this much? Why did he do it this way? Why was it at that time? Why? I mean, we could just keep going on the whys, right? I don't, I don't have all those answers. I'm not God. I'm sorry. Like, that's the surpassing knowledge. I have to trust him with those things. He is wise. He loves us. And he's doing what is best for us. And when I think of this verse, I can't help but just be drawn to him. Like, when I, hear, when I hear of sacrifice, of people sacrificing on behalf of other people, I'm just drawn to that. And when I hear that, when I read this verse again, I want to know him. I want to know him more. I want to be close to somebody that wants to love me this way. Right? We need to go after God like roots go after water. <laughs> Any of you know what I'm talking about out there, Right? You've seen these gnarly-looking pictures of roots. Like, you see them, they're up on, uh, up on cliffs, and the roots go out over the rocks. Have you seen these things? Or, like, you've seen the mangrove trees that, like, their gnarly-looking roots go through the water. They're spread all out. They look kind of freaky. And then they grab the dirt underneath to hold themselves down. Roots are crazy. Any homeowners out there? You all love roots? Come on. You get these old drain pipes, right? I have it at my. I have the problem at my house. We get the old drain pipes, and what do the roots do? They go right for the pipes, and then they just crush their way through because they're like, "I'm getting it. I'm slurping up that water." Like this is your pipe is my straw of water of living life that I just need, and so they do. And even if you auger through those suckers, they grow back. <laughs> they are persistent. They are chasing after what they know they need. What if we had roots like that? So thirsty for God, so eager to be grounded firmly that when we get shaken, we're not uprooted. So I don't know about you, but this past week, this past month, this past few years, I've been shaken quite a few times. I'm looking back at um, a bunch of kids that passed away tragically. We're looking at wars that are happening Friends of mine that are going through sickness and family issues, and I'm shaken. 
And I don't want to oversimplify this, but what I think at the core of all of it is we need to be rooted in the love of Christ. It has to start there. I don't know about you, but this time of year, as we get into summer, and as I'm talking about this, we're all like, oh, we're in transition mode, right? Like, this is summer, so how do I do this rooted thing? Because we're all in transitions. At a minimum, it's the weather transition. Praise Jesus, it's sunny, right? Like, we are fine. I think we can finally say that we are no longer in winter in Michigan. It's kind of sad. It's May 29. It took us that long, but we're here, okay? We're at least in that transition, Maybe you're in a transition of ending school or you're graduating or you're coming back from from wherever you've been. You're coming back home. Maybe you're starting a new job. Or maybe you're just transitioning into some camping season or pool season or beach season. Or maybe you're like, none of those seasons. I want to be inside and hidden. That's fine, but you're you're still in transition. And when I think about transitions, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like we've taken these roots that we've planted in the ground and we've said, hey, you know what? This tree would be nice somewhere else. Let's pot it, which is fine. You pot the tree, right? You take the tree up and now you go and you have to plant it somewhere else. And that's the transition season is we have to, when we transition, we have to get our roots back in the ground in the right place. They have to be still in the good soil. So maybe being rooted this summer looks different than it's looked in the past couple months. Maybe being rooted this summer looks different than it's been these past few years. Or maybe for you, you've never actually been rooted in Christ's love. You've never been rooted in Christ's love, so you can have this power, so you may be strengthened in your inner being. How, so my question is this then, if we're in this transition, we're looking at these things, how can we do this? How can we be rooted? And I think this actually starts with another question. I'm going to tra- trick you, right? So it starts with when are we rooted? I think we must, we must live rooted in our whole life, live rooted in all of life. So when you wake up in the morning, you're having breakfast, you're being rooted. When you're going, you're greeting at the front doors of the church today, I saw some of you doing that, you're rooted. When you are working at your job, when you're going to school, you're rooted. When you're riding your bike, playing outside, when you're shooting basketball hoops or playing pool, rooted. When you're being close with the closest ones in your life, you're still rooted. And how do we do this, though? How do we do this all the time? How do we do this in transition? I think it comes back to rhythms, habits that remind us of our need for Christ's love. I've recently been looking at a a study called Rooted, um, and it's written by a church uh, in California called the Mariner's Church. And uh, you can check it out later. It's at experience. I think it's experienceRooted.com if you want to look at it. But I want to put up what they say are seven rhythms for us to chase after, to help us be rooted in the love of Christ. The first one is daily devotion. Daily devotion. Now, this is setting aside time to read, study the word of God. 
And maybe for you in this transition mode, you're like, Mike, I don't, how am I supposed to transition into that? I'm going to be driving. Like tomorrow morning we're going to camp and I can't start with that. Like maybe it's just minimal, right? Like start your day off even if it's 15 seconds. And you just open to come back to these words right here and just read this prayer. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, find ways to turn off the noise of everything around you, the phone, the TV, the radio. Does anybody listen to the radio? The radio. Find silence to think and to talk with God. Second one, prayer, talking with God in rhythms, but also constantly, all the time. So one of the things that I've been trying to do in my life to be more rooted is at the end of the day to find someone normally in my house that I can share three things that I'm grateful for that happened that day. And they don't have to be anything crazy. It can be as simple as, hey, I had a cream-filled Long John from Wesco. Like, I can be grateful for that. And then we pray and we thank God for that. Repentance. So this is a big word, so I want to share what that is. It's, not, it's asking forgiveness, but it's not only asking for forgiveness. It's when you say, hey, I'm sorry for this, please forgive me. And then you turn around and go the complete opposite way. And you start doing something completely opposite. For example, this is the one that I've been working on. When you're a parent like me, and I'm about to correct a child, the first thing I want to do is I just want them to stop doing whatever they're doing. Like, right? Like, just stop it. And so I come, and sometimes maybe I get a little bit too excited about that. So what I need to do and what I'm working on doing, not perfectly, but what I'm working on doing is pausing. I'm going, okay, that, if I can do it, that is what I need to change. But first, I need to change here. Because although they're doing something that I, I don't necessarily like, I also am probably doing lots of things that maybe God doesn't like. So I want to pause before and just say a two-second prayer, five-second prayer. God, help me in this moment. Sacrificial generosity. This is giving with anticipation of what God will do with the, the, uh, the resources that he has entrusted you with. And you find crazy ways to do that. Serve the community to be an active influence in your community. Sharing your story is having your story at the ready so you are ready when somebody talks to you and they want to hear about you. You can practice sharing that. Even You can practice sharing that honestly with somebody that's even heard your story. Like the person next to you, you can give them your two-minute story to just share and to practice to keep it fresh. Because this is power and it's helpful to be rooted to remember what God has done. And worship, the last one on there, in song but also alone and with others like we're doing today. So this is awesome, and I don't know if, um, if this is maybe your first time you're a guest with us today, but this is what we do. We do this each week. We gather together, and I know it's just me up here today talking, but if you look behind the scenes and even up here, there are so many of you that are sitting out here that make this whole worship time happen, from greeters at the door to the hospitality to Jay Seekers to our awesome team in the back that actually make all of this possible. We worship each week together at least once a week. So even being, coming as a church together to worship. So my question is, what do you want to do this summer to be rooted? What do you want to do this summer? You can look back at this list and pick one of these things. Like, hey, I want to start with this. 
But I also, I just want to be, I'm going to change even that. Like, that's what I want. I want to do that. But I want to be rooted. Like, I want to be rooted. There's a, little, there's a difference in mindset there. If I go, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to just have some, pr- some daily prayer time. And then I say, no, 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 no. I am rooted. Do you hear the difference there? If I say I am rooted, I j- I'm just doing these things. If I say I'm, I'm just going to do this thing, if I fail at that one thing, then I'm like, oh, well, there went my goal, <laughs> and it's gone. So my challenge is you, as you go into summer is to think that, and to think that and to want to be rooted for what verse 19 says. It says, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Filled with the fullness of God. Filled with this supernatural power that people, when people see you, they think, this person's different. What is going on with them and, and why? Because, because I am, I'm filled with the fullness of God. Like, I'm not, just, I'm not just Mike now, I'm filled with the fullness of God. I've got the Holy Spirit in me, filling me. I get to know the fullness of his love, the security of knowing God loves me and he loves Others like all of you, he loves all of you as well, in spite of our missteps, our mistakes, and our outright wrongs against him. He loves us. Now I want to be, I want to be slurping up the love of God, just like those roots were slurping up the drain pipes in my house. So that I can bring glory to God. To live out his commands to love God, to love others. That's why I want to do this. We've probably already been thinking this question, but I'm just going to put it up on the board, on the screen here. How are your roots? How are they? How have they been? Are they still in the good soil of God's love? If the worship team can start making their way um, up here, I'm going to share a story of this past week and Roots. So I'm out in my I'm out in my yard and I'm doing a project there, and um, it involves a lot of digging. And me being the frugal chap that I am, I decide I should do all this digging by hand because that seems smart. So there I am. So over the whole week, I'm like trying to level the ground, and it's taking me forever. And I'm digging up these rocks, and I'm digging up old roots and big roots and other random things in the ground. Like, have you dug in your backyard lately? There's weird stuff in there sometimes. That's another sermon. Anyways, so I'm digging up all this stuff, and I get to the end of the week, and I get to this patio stone, and I'm like, okay, I got to level this one. I check it, and I'm like measuring, see if it's right. It's not. Of course it's not. Why would it be right? So I take the patio stone up, set it off to the side, and I dig a little bit. I'm like, man, there's something hard there. What? I look down. It's a root. Of course it's a root. So I go in my garage, I grab my loppers, because that seems like the best idea at the time, those tree branch trimmers, and I'm like, I'm going to get these in the ground, which is really hard, right? It's hard to get these suckers in the ground. So I do that, and I'm like cranking on them, and I'm about to break my loppers because I'm trying to kill this root, pull this root up. And, um, and so I get it. I finally get it after like 15 minutes of just, come on. I get it, and I'm like, okay, I think, I think we're good. So I take my stone, I put it in the ground. Get my measuring tape, I measure it to see if it's level. Not level. (sighs) Okay, here we go. So now I'm like, all right, I'm going back in the garage. I'm getting something more aggressive. So I grab my hatchet, 
And I'm like, all right, now, Root, you are going at it. And I'm just going to town on this Root. Like, I am fed up with it. And here at the same time, I'm like, okay, I'm preaching on Rooted this, this Sunday. Like, and here I am about to lose my mind over this Root in the ground. How ironic is that? Like, God is doing something there with me. Um, but, so I finally, I get, like, I'm digging, I have 15 minutes again of just digging, crushing this thing, and I go and I put the patio stone in the ground again. I'm saying a prayer, I'm like, please God, please let it, please let there be no more roots, let it just be there. And finally, it's good. And all I can say about this is roots and good soil are really hard to dig up. <laughs> That's the sum of my sermon today. <laughs> Roots and good soil, they're really hard to dig up. Wow. <laughs> so here's my challenge. My challenge to you is be difficult to uproot. Be difficult to uproot. Today I wanna pray this, I wanna pray this over us actually. This whole, this chunk that we just read this Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. I want to pray this over you, but I want to pray it over me as well because I also need to be rooted. And I want to pray it over slow because now we've talked about these words and I want you to, as, to think about each part as we come to it. And I want us to remember it so that we can be filled with the, full of, the fullness of God, living rooted in the love of Christ. So would you pray with me here? Father God, I thank you for these words here. And I just wanna, I wanna echo Paul's words to you now. And so I'm just gonna read these. When, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have power, have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Check out our app or website at bridgewaycommunity.org for more messages or to take the sermon one step deeper by downloading the Sermon Discussion Guide.